0: Hi, everyone. You are listening to L&D Spotlight, a podcast about learning and development brought to you by Nifty Learning. I'm your host, Liz Stefan, and together we're here to learn about L&D. Lavinia, thank you so much for joining us once again today. As you know, everybody, Lavinia Meneginti is People Experience Manager at Emag and creator and curator of Offbeat. At this point, Offbeat is a digital magazine. It's also a newsletter focused on actionable L&D resources, but you're preparing something even more interesting. I know in light of your recent launch with Offbeat, that you've also had to create a learning experience. So today I would like to take this opportunity and ask you a couple of questions about what it means to create a learning experience. I'm thinking especially for SMEs or people who have been in the business for longer and would like to transfer their knowledge to the new employees, how do they go about doing that? That
1: sounds awesome. It's actually a subject which is really close to my heart because I totally support internal knowledge transfer in eMag as well. And I've been researching the topic, reading what Google does and what other companies do regarding this subject. So yeah, this
0: is pretty interesting. Let's dive right into the topic. How do you create a learning experience as an SME or a senior employee?
1: I think the process is not as different from how we create learning experiences because the result is as important as ours. So I think that the best way is to first take some time to better understand your learners. Talk to them, to their colleagues, their managers. Probably take some time observing them and how they manage their tasks. And if available, a great way and a great data source is actually looking at their KPIs and results. And I think the worst thing you can do is to fall into the overconfidence trap. Because as experts, we think we know everything and we think that we know what others know. And that's a potential bias. So using research, you might discover more specific challenges your learners have and think about solutions that fit them better.
0: Okay. How do I essentially do a brain download and reconstruct all the knowledge that I've gathered so far in a teachable format?
1: Doing the research I mentioned before will also help you in pointing out which parts of your knowledge might be of use to those you intend to support. So your first step would be to reflect on what you found out and brainstorm potential solutions to their challenges. Then ask yourself which of those solutions include gaining some new skills and knowledge, because as we already know, Learning and training are not the only solutions to all the business problems out there. And once you know there's a skills and knowledge problem, you should have a list of concepts relevant to the jobs to be done. And you have to put them in a logical order. And I like to say and think that learning is like climbing a ladder. If you skip the first step, you might fall. So you should always start with the basics and then add more complexity as you progress.
0: I think that this trap that some people might fall into, as you were mentioning earlier, that learning or training is always the solution. I think more likely L&D people are more inclined to think like that, whereas SMEs who have just been doing that specific job in the business... Would be tempted to also go for the practical approach, right? Rather than just thinking that training is the first solution.
1: It depends a lot on who you talk to, you know, because as you know, sometimes managers and people from the business side come to us to ask for trainings, like give us the solution to every, not every problem, but to a lot of problems, many problems that are not suited to be solved with training. So yeah, it depends a lot.
0: How do I know, and maybe this is the wrong question to ask, but how do I know what kind of experience to create? Should it be live? Should it be e-learning or video? Should I document things in writing?
1: The delivery method might be less important. What's really, really important is to make your learning experience as concrete as possible. So always think about how to get your learners to practice. And if I may add something else, I think a feature of a great and useful experience is not relying on one-time events, but actually spacing your content over time and making sure you're repeating it through various learning methods, which methods I think it's not as important, but actually making sure that you take one chunk of information and Talk about it in week one, in week two, in week three, in different ways. So, this will actually let the learners also have some time getting back to the real world, you know, practicing what they're learning, and then coming back to you with feedback and probably questions. And as some of us already know, I think most of us already know, face repetition always helps with long term retention. Whereas cramming a lot of information in a couple of hours of learning experience does not.
0: Yeah. So I space out the content. I repeat it whenever I get the chance. I let the learners practice. Is there a method for me to check for understanding and make sure that actual knowledge or learning transfer has happened?
1: I think it's related to what I was saying before. When people get back to their jobs in between sessions and have a chance to practice, you're also actually empowering them to spot their knowledge gaps. So when they come back for another session, hopefully they will come back with questions and you will have a better understanding of which concepts they retained and what you need to reinforce. Once again, or many times.
0: Mm -hmm. And in this context, what is my responsibility to the people that learn from me?
1: That's actually an interesting question. So I think short term is to just put yourself in your learner's shoes and adopt what is called a beginner's mindset because that will help you adapt your language to their level of skills and knowledge. You know all the stuff, you've been there, probably it's not as exciting, but what should be exciting is to share your knowledge. And you want to do that since you're here. And long term, I think you shouldn't forget about them. It shouldn't be a one-time encounter, but you should get back to them to check if they need additional support to actually accomplish your goal of spreading know-how.
0: It's funny that you're saying people shouldn't forget about their learners. Does this come from personal experience? Have you seen this happen?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. Like people get really, really excited to share their knowledge. And once they see how much work they should put in, actually creating an amazing experience, some of them stop at the one-time events. And as I was mentioning, that's not the best way to do things. Also, seeing your learners progress, it's a huge motivational factor. So you should have patience with them and understand that people can't learn in a one-time event everything you want to share with them.
0: I think what you were mentioning earlier about that bias plays a big role here, right? So Always remember that even though you've been there before and you have all this knowledge, these people actually haven't. You need to do a bit of hand-holding while you're delivering. So I'm at the end, or is it the end of the process? How do I know that the learning experience I've designed and delivered and reinforced over time was useful and relevant to the learners? How do I know it was successful for the business?
1: Just like any other learning experience, I think the first layer of data like engagement or feedback can be sent to you by someone who's organizing the experience, which is usually L&D or HR. But what you should know, what SMEs should know is that that might be misleading. People can show a high level of engagement while learning is happening, but that doesn't warrant knowledge retention in the long run. So what you can do is have a deeper level of research, actually go once again and talk to people, talk to your learners, talk to their managers, their peers, check business KPIs directly linked with new knowledge acquired that show behavior changes and improvements of results.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Does this work better, in your opinion, for hard skills or for soft
1: skills? That's a complicated one. I think it's way easier when it comes to hard skills because at least some hard skills are easier to measure, whereas soft skills are a lot about people's perceptions about how people behave or how they interact with yourself. Those are definitely harder to measure. Honestly speaking, I don't have that much experience with this. But usually SMEs focus on the most practical, the most technical side of things. So I think this advice still applies to them. But if they're venturing into soft skills, they are very brave and they should definitely take more time to understand behavior changes in their learners by, like I was mentioning, still talking to people and have clear KPIs about what behavior changes they would like to see after the experience ends.
0: Very interesting. Thank you for giving us insight into what is a learning experience and how to create one that is truly effective and meaningful. As always, I really appreciate your input. I'm
1: always really happy as well to share my knowledge. (laughs) Hopefully, it will be useful to anyone who's listening right now. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today. This has been another episode of LD Spotlight. If you'd like to get in touch and join the conversation, write to me at Liz at NiftyLearning.io or connect with me on LinkedIn at Liz Stefan. Have a productive week, everyone.